Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin with our wonderful conversation that we're going to have today, beginning our health series, our mental health and wellness series on cleansing, spring cleaning in March, both the inside and the outside, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, sit comfortably. If you're seated in a chair, please uncross your legs and place your palms open on your lap. If you're seated on the floor, go ahead and sit Indian style in the same position with your palms open on your lap. And just bring your shoulders back and let your heart shine and open your heart. And of course, if you're doing an exercise or you're driving or anything like that, just use this as a presencing exercise to get present in your breath and in your body and just take that pause to clear your mind. So let's go ahead and begin. Just begin to breathe with me, breathing in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of that breath. And as you exhale, just go ahead and let your body relax. Let yourself sink inward. And take another deep breath in, a pure deep breath of golden sunlight, pure golden sunlight, filling your head, filling your heart, filling your tummy, filling your whole body with pure golden sunlight. And as you exhale, just let go of anything that doesn't serve you. And this time as you breathe in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, Place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and just spend a moment thinking of one thing that you feel grateful for. Just one. Doesn't have to be anything big. It can be the smallest thing, like just being grateful for taking this time for yourself. This moment right here, right now. And as you spend your time Noticing your gratitude and filling your heart and your body and your mind with pure golden gratitude. You might even let a smile come across your face. Let that feeling come through. Let that joy come through. And breathing in pure golden gratitude and exhaling and letting go and feeling the bliss of that gratitude. Do it one more time. Breathe in that golden gratitude to every cell of your being. And exhale. And on the exhale, go ahead and open your eyes. I know that if you're anything like me, you feel really present after doing that exercise. It just completely calms me down and brings me into my center and really into who I really am. You know, these kinds of pauses in life are so important, whether you're a working person, a parent, You know, if you can just access that place in yourself and pause like that several times a day, just makes all the difference in how we communicate with the people that we love and in our lives and 
just helps you to be more mindful, have um, truly mindful operation going on. All right. So I am so excited to be bringing you just one of my heroes, somebody that I just really love and love her work. Um, her name is Natalia Rose. She's a certified nutritionist, a graduate of New York New University and a clinical nutritionist. That's what CN means, clinical nutritionist. She is the author of eight books, including The Raw Food Detox Diet, Raw Food Life Force Energy, The New Energy Body, Detox for Women, Emotional Eating, SOS, The Rose Cleanse, and Forever Beautiful and the Fresh Energy Cookbook. I know if you haven't read any of those books or you've read one of them, you're gonna to wanna to read them all. They're all in alignment with where we are in our lives and how we wanna live our most vibrant life. So Natalia educates um, and guides her clients and students about the sovereignty that can be gained through removing all the blockages in the body, emotions, mind, and spirit. She instructs her clients and students in the mechanics of deep cellular cleansing. And for those who are ready, she helps them bring heaven to earth on all levels of their being. I know that you're going to love um, looking Natalia up on her uh, website, detoxtheworld.com. And notice her live courses. At the end of this interview, we're going to talk about her latest live course, which begins March 19th. But this is a great way um, and a way I plan to connect more with Natalia too is through her live courses. So she believes that cleansing at a cellular level is the key to vibrant health, emotional balance, and mental clarity. So let's dive in, Natalia. Welcome. Thank you so much, Christine. I'm so happy to be here. I love the golden moment, by the way. That was actually really, really beneficial for me as well after a long day of going. I feel so anchored. I really appreciated that. Of course, of course. I know I always start everything out that way because for me, it does the same thing. I'm, you know, like just kind of blah, blah, blah. My energy's all over the place. And then that just always just anchors me in, especially for, you know, speaking, podcasting, just in life. So thank you for acknowledging that. So I want to talk to you about how, first of all, you know, can you define for our audience what cleansing is, what true cleansing is. And, and let's just begin there because I never like to assume that anybody really understands. There's so much about cleansing now. And I would love to hear from you about what, what is the, like the beginner course in cleansing? Sure. Okay, this, this is a, a very important, great place to start. And there's so many ways to enter in. I think the most important thing to understand first and foremost that there is that there is functional cleansing and then there's hypothetical theoretical chaotic um ocd weird cleansing that is not they're not the same thing so when i speak about cleansing i'm speaking specifically about functional cleansing which is pure truth and i'll get to what what that's about in a moment and it's not hypothetical or theoretical if you apply the principles you have outstanding results that are um, fully tangible, visceral. There's no question that you're you're rising to a higher order. Your your system is integrating it in, into a higher state of being. So, you know, there's a lot of talk today. I just want to underscore this because there's so much confusion. There's so it's it's because it's become such a trend 
There's so much misinformation and poor information out there that um, it, it doesn't line up to what we're going to talk about today, which is functional, true cleansing. Okay. And what that means is it's the removal of that which was never intended to be in the body, but by being in the body and by accumulating in the body, it, um, it created fermentation and putrefaction, this matter that was from substances that were never designed for the body, okay, it, it, that sits there in the cells and tissues and it ferments, it putrefies, which means that noxious gases and pathogens, rogue bacteria, parasites, all these things start to form. So a cleanse is when we actually remove that waste matter, the noxious gases and pathogens that go along with it out of the body. And what's really important to understand with that is that because of this trend in cleansing, people will say, well, I'm going to go on a juice cleanse or I'm going to go on a, a, I'm doing a vegan raw food cleanse, whatever. The, what you take in does not constitute the cleanse. What, it, what is removed from your body through the cleanse is what constitutes the cleanse. So you can go on a five-day, 10-day, 100-day juice fast. And if you don't have copious matter leaving your body and those noxious gases and pathogens leaving your body, you haven't actually cleansed. You've done what's called a hypothetical cleanse. Theoretically, your body should have cleansed, but because your outlets, because we come into the world with a system that is sadly compromised because of all this lineage, so many generations of improper intake. By the time we're born, the organs we have are the vitality, the fortitude of our intestines, our cellular fortitude is so degenerated, generations degenerated from where we were thousands of years ago. People think that we're evolving. Well, there's, there may be aspects that are evolving, that are adapting, but there are also aspects that are devolving, they're degenerating. And so we're asking our systems to take in, first of all, the, the, the degeneration is happening to the food supply as well. So we're taking in degenerated food into a degenerated body. And the, the, the combination is a, is a double whammy, is a, a really um, exponentially bigger mistake than even if you'd taken in less than ideal foods into a body of several thousand years ago. So we can't yeah, contend with- I just want to highlight that for a moment. When, when you say that, um, I, I want to highlight that because that what, what I think you're talking about is that our soils are not rich in nutrients and that our nutrients that we're actually taking into our body aren't really giving us all that we need in order to live our most vital lives. Is that, is that what you're that, saying? That is an essential part of it. Add to that, that our food is so disconnected from us. So it's, it's, it's put into boxes and crates and it goes on, it's, it's, it's driven and flown from God knows where. Um, by the time it gets to you, it is a far cry from what it would have been if you'd grown it in your own soil in your own backyard. Um, and I'm not suggesting that we can all do that, but we must at least recognize and we just acknowledge that what we, what we think might be you know, healthy produce that we're bringing home from the, the shop is, and it might be from a, a, a great organic grocer, which is so, obviously so much better. Uh, but as you say, the soil could still be depleted, all these factors. But again, we're, we're dealing with, people, with a, uh, a population that's also just including plant foods or, or I should say produce like fresh fruits and vegetables as a small part of their bigger diet, which is largely grain-based, animal flesh, milk, you know, cow dairy, all these things. So it's, it's all degenerated. The, the, the animal flesh, the animal foods will be degenerated. The dairy industry is going to be, is, is horrifically degenerated. And, you know, we could go into so many areas that I won't go into right now, but just as, as a, as a big picture concept, 
to understand that that which we're taking in actually has no business entering the sacred vessel. So we have decades of taking this um, you know, unsacred substance into our sacred vessel and it's compiling and it's not leaving. Um, if, you know, if we were taking in ideal substances in the right quantities into an ideal uh, uh, strong uh, um, organism and we would eliminate what we ate, then we'd be in good shape. But we have all this matter going in, not leaving, fermenting, putrefying. So if everyone gets that lovely picture, the, the way I like to think about it is think of your body as a human Petri dish. People think, well, you know, you eat a bunch of pretzels and popcorn and sips and soda and it disappears. Like you don't see it anymore. So you might think about the, you know, we're, we're trained to think about the uh, caloric content, the fat content, all these things. But, but we must think about actually what it does on a chemical level inside the tissue. It's living tissue. This is chemical substance. There's going to be a reaction inside the body. And that reaction is going to produce noxious gas and all these, these harbingers of, of uh, pathogens. Another way to look at it is if you were to have your dinner and take that meal, or maybe you had a dinner for six or for two or for four or whatever, you take the, the remainder of that meal and you scrape it into one of these, um, you know, these new waste bins that, that really seal up nice and tightly, right? And the next morning after you, so you didn't take that, you pretend you didn't take the garbage out right after dinner. It sits there. The next morning you open the lid there is a noxious stench, right? That stench is what's happening actually inside your body because we forget that the body is 98.6 degrees. That's the Arizona desert. We're basically leaving our waste matter inside a, 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 war, a very warm chamber. So not only is it gonna putrefy, but it's going to dehydrate. And this is very important because people think, well, how can I have all this waste in my body? Uh, you know, you can be very thin, and have a ton of accumulated waste matter in your body. How is this possible? Because the waste matter becomes very, very dense and tiny when it becomes dehydrated. So remember that 98.6 degrees is a dehydrator. So this is how we can have so, many, so, so much residue in the body and not be heavy necessarily. Now, some people are, and it, it varies, but the point is it's not a direct correlation. You can't say, oh, well, this person has more waste matter accumulation than another based on their weight or their size. Um, a lot of people can, in fact, there's a term that I use called six skinny when the, because the, um, because the person doesn't have a lot of, um, sort of fat reserves there, um, which actually protects the vital organs from toxicity. That's why you produce adipose tissue, fat tissue is to, uh, 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 the more toxic a person is, typically they'll produce more cellulite because they need a place to put it away from the organs. Uh, that's why you'll typically see fat being held under the arms, in the buttocks, um, you know, in areas that aren't directly right up in the, in the um, um, vital organs. So it's, it's no measure of health in, in, to be skinny. This idea of skinny, we have to really, really get over. Um, in fact, when a person's cleansing properly, they will usually, um, well, they'll, they'll feel amazing, they'll look amazing, but they, they may weigh a lot less than they look like they weigh because their cells are so robust and spherical and juicy and plump. So a, a person who's cleansing properly will never look emaciated, even though they may have lost a lot of weight. And sometimes, especially with men, they go through a process of releasing all this waste and they're quite terrified by how tiny they start to get. But it's kind of the way to think about it is it's like a sponge. You squeeze the sponge, you get all the waste out 
And then a healthy sponge plumps back up. You're not going to be heavy, but you will look well if you're doing it right. So like you're saying that your cells, rather than <clears throat> plumping up with fat, they're actually plumping up with the good stuff, the vitamins, the water, the things that they should be plumped up with. Exactly. Good fluid balance, vitality, <laughs> bouncy. They're, 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 just think about like a bouncy little kid versus a, you know, a decrepit older person. Yeah, that's, it's, I mean, it's not a, a beautiful analogy, but it works. Well, that's amazing. So what, tell us, um, what would be the kind of cleanse that's functional? Like how would a beginner start to think of um, cleansing? Okay, that's, a, that's great. So the first thing I would say is don't allow yourself, don't, this person should not allow themselves to get caught up in the hype. Forget about the superfoods. Forget about all these supplements. Forget about the, the fancy decadent raw food, vegan food, desserts and uh, snacks and all this stuff. Get that out of the way. All those like um, bars and snacks and packaged things, um, even in the restaurants, if you go to a raw food or vegan restaurant, they'll have um, ornate foods on the menu that are actually really poorly combined. They'll be mixing fruits and oils and um, grains and nuts so avoid those things and really zone in on the things that are very, very simple. For example, the, the, way, the way we're going, we're going to eventually go back to a, green, a leafy green-centric diet. That's the ideal formula for the human body. It's far less consumption. So people are going to have to get their heads around the idea that humans don't need as much food as what we're eating. It's just too much consumption, which also helps with this whole vegan um, versus meat-based argument around agriculture and all this, because even if you're a raw vegan, chances are you're consuming way too much food and you're still a problem for the planet. Um, not, not in this sort of sense, it's the, the, the pop culture perspective of it. I don't want to go into that because I don't, don't necessarily agree with that. But the, I, basically what, what, what people need to know, especially vegans need to know, know is that they, their salad the way the way agriculture is developed, the way the, the agricultural industry works, it's it is the single most destructive um, category of production on the planet. It's so destructive of, of our land. So to make that salad, to make that soy burger, to make that corn oil or whatever, all things that are um, are you know, technically vegetarian or vegan, whole ecosystems are decimated for the production of those things. So. In order to get right with the balance of, of nature, we first and foremost have to recognize that we're consuming way too much, period. Which means, which is one of the hardest things for people, and I'm really sympathetic to this issue, but it's real and we have to address it, is addiction. The addiction to overconsumption. Because A, because we're brought into a world where we're told to eat three times a day, plus snacks, everything around, um, everything social is based around food. Um, you, fin you, you finish one holiday, you barely recover, the next one comes up and it's all based around retail and food. So we, we need to categorically reject that actually, if we're going to get well physically, personally, emotionally and all the levels, and also if we're going to be um, a benevolent force on this earth. So less consumption, first of all, moving toward a leafy green diet. And you notice that 
you know, again, if with all these, with all the trends, you know, you follow the money trail, you follow, there, there's always going to be advantage taken of people who are seeking change and seeking help. And then there's, and it's so easy to fall into these traps because they're, they're there waiting for them. They're the, these, um, these businesses are waiting to consume the consumer, you know? So, so we have to, so be very wary of that and know that the simplest is the best. It's also going to be the least expensive. It's going to be the, the most convenient. It's going to be in the law over the long term. It's going to be the most sustainable for, for every reason. We also, we spend way too much time thinking about preparing, shopping for, cleaning up after food. Um, it's, it's the centerpiece of our lives and it shouldn't be. Um, so, so just, just to, to start letting that marinate a little bit, um, that we don't need so much and that it should be mostly green centric. Mm. I love that because, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in my own, you know, always tweaking, like I'm, I'm sorry, you've got so much shade on my face right now. <laughs> our, audience can't, our audience can't see us, but, um, we're on video and, and connecting that way. So I just had to mention that cause I noticed that. <laughs> But in my own world, I, you know, I'm always trying to tweak um, my own practices and, and how I'm doing my diet and, and understanding more and more, you know, as, as I get older, which I'm now a woman in my, um, I'm over mid fifties. So I'm 56 turning 57 very soon. And I feel like um, this is the way, you know, this is the way for me to live my most vibrant life is to look at um, how I can create, you know, better gut health and how I can create vibrancy from the inside out and that it's never too late to change your diet. And that this is, um, you know, for me too, just growing up in a very middle-class family where meals and preparation of meals was just just a huge part of our life. You know, I, I grew up in my teens. I had an eating disorder. Um, I overcame that. Very fortunately, I had to change my relationship to food. And even as an adult, I've noticed that um, it's not it's not what I haven't felt that I've eaten unhealthy in my adult life, but I just eat too much, you know, and I'm just a woman that doesn't need to eat as much as I eat. <laughs> So what you're saying really resonates with me. It's, it's, I've realized that it's okay to be a little bit hungry in a healthy way. You know, that there's a way in which um, hunger, and it's not like a gnawing hunger. It's just sort of like, I don't have to feel full, you know? And, and so there's so much about fasting and intermittent fasting. And I love what you're saying, um, Natalia, about, about the simplicity, like going back to being simple. Let's just continue to talk on that line because I think as people start to realize that um, that, that is really the key um, and, and you can give them some a few tips on how to do that in their world and their lives, um, mm -hmm. I think that will be super helpful to our listeners. And, and I know in my own house, I really seriously just when I do anything, I have to clean everything out. I have to go through my cupboards. I have to think in terms of, of doing a major house clean on what is available to me. Because of course, changing habits and changing long-term habits is not an easy thing. And our relationship to food is probably um, the most earliest habit that we adopt from the time that we're born. So it's, it's, it's a really, really um, can be a challenging one. So Let's just go back to what do you mean by simple? 
Yeah. And also, and as, as we go on this, just, I may say things that people will make people think, oh, I could never do that. Don't think that. I, I'm just like you guys. I mean, I, I've been doing this for 20 years now, but before that, so and I'm, I'll be 45 this year. And by the way, you look so beautiful. Your skin is radiant. You look 20 years younger than you are at least. I have to state that for the record. Um, but um, before I got into this work, I was really highly addicted to food. I had terrible eating disorders. I was, um, I was a mess. And I didn't even understand why people thought life was a good thing. I actually thought it was torture. And I wanted out, frankly. So... I remember, I can remember I was, I was in boarding school when I was a teenager and I remember sitting in those days, we had these little, these phone booths and you can go and make a private call in the phone booth. And I would call the, the, the diet hotline for like a, um, you know, diet pills and be like, how quickly did, do you lose the weight? How, like, how effective is it? And, and you know, very, very quietly and surreptitiously having this conversation and, um, and they, okay, I'll order it. Here's my credit card number, you know? And so like, I've been there. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been through it all. It was anorexic. I was bulimic. I was suicidal. Like I've just, I've, I've been through all of it and I don't have, I wasn't born with some special gene that made it easier for me. I did it incrementally. Progress, not perfection. Every so often I just push the envelope a little bit further and I would always um, make sure that there was an added pleasure in it too, along with the gain. So for example, um, today I'm very happy with a bowl of steamed spinach, a little goat cheese and some carrots and olives. And I have a, I, I, my way of eating is super, super clean. And it's so satisfying for me. I love it. Of course, I have my own brand of dark chocolate. So I have my dark chocolate for dessert. And, and I love a glass of organic wine as well. But for me, that's like, um, it's a feast. When people say, oh, like, wouldn't you, don't you like crave a burger or a piece of pizza? I'm like, no, I actually genuinely don't. However, let me explain that. In this transition that I went through, I would take um, a green focused, like a, a bowl of, of steamed spinach or steamed broccoli, and I would smother it in the most delicious marinara sauce, top that with goat cheese, and have a big old like meal of, of, of something that is super, super flavorful. That would actually, you know, I, in, all, in all of my books, there's a, um, a recipe section. I was totally preoccupied with making sure that I could mimic all the things I used to eat with the ingredients that I knew I needed to, to, you know, to, to change it up with. So there was a time when my life was completely dedicated to my palate so that I could transition away from the things that I knew, were, were, that I, I, knew I had to. Um, so I am where I am today because of that transition that was very um, I was very generous with myself too. Like there are the things that I, I would say the, the person today in the modern world, uh, this was 20 years ago today, you, you can't get away with a lot of that stuff. Like fruit was a big part of my transition. Whereas fruit today is so degenerated and people are so over, um, they, it's so much fungus in their body and putting fruit on top of it is a really big problem. That's another conversation, maybe for another day, but there are a lot of things that one was able to get away with 20 years ago that you can't so much today, but the concept of saying, well, okay, green centric, that sounds great, but how do I, how am I not going to miss my pasta and my pizza? Well, you know, when I would speak to my clients, I would realize that they, when they love their pasta and their pizza, what they really loved was the sauce and the cheese. So no problem. Let's pour that sauce on. Let's make it a goat cheese rather than a, a cow cheese. Let's just upgrade. And suddenly the, the starch element is gone. The green element is bumped up. The flavor is still there. The quantity is still there in spades. And, um, you know, and then for example, if you have, or you have someone who is 
an overeater, then you just, you don't worry, the, to take, take the, the fact that they're overeating out of the equation for a minute. Just change the ingredients. Their mm-hmm. bodies will transform, they'll feel better, they'll be energized, they'll start feeling confident, and they'll be able to address the deeper feelings that may have been leading to the, the overeating. And bit by bit by bit, there's this transformation that happens. And even if it takes you know, months and years, who cares if you're going in the right direction? You know, if, if, if you're turning the clock around, if you're turning the body around, if you're getting rid of the waste matter and you're, um, and you're gaining confidence and strength and clarity, who cares how long it takes? I like that. I love seeing this as progress, not perfection and an evolution. And that um, what you're doing is you're just allowing people to substitute, make healthy substitutes. And they're not really, that way you're not really losing anything. It doesn't become a punishment. It doesn't become too difficult. But you do have to think in terms of cooking in a new way. So just to be clear, are, are you talking about when you cleanse, are you talking about doing a food cleanse versus like a liquid kind of fasting juice cleanse? Okay. So remember that the cleanse is when the waste leaves the body. Right. So if we're focused on the elimination aspect, then we just have to determine what will enable that elimination aspect to occur. So you can go on a juice fast or a water fast or some sort of fast for 10 days and not release your bowel. Right. Still be holding waste. You can juice in the morning, have a raw salad for lunch, have some cooked vegetables and and, um, beautiful salmon for dinner, glass of red wine, some dark chocolate and steamed vegetables and have a colonic every other week and be cleansing far more than that person who's done their hypothetical 10 day juice fast. You see? Okay, so, cool. it, so, so colonics are a big part of the cleanse. They are. And, you know, I, I try to remind people that they need to like to, rather than thinking, Oh, I don't want to do that. It's fortunately people are so much more receptive to it now than they were when I was starting this 20 years ago. They're like, Oh yeah, wait, sign me up. Where do I get one? Um, but before it was like, they were kind of grumpy about it. Um, I like to remind people that they should just be really grateful that they exist because you won't, you won't get anywhere if the waste doesn't leap. And that's probably the biggest takeaway everyone can take from this whole conversation. Well, the waste enemas such a big part of our health system like years ago and then even in the hospitals and now they've just stopped using them. But enemas were, were very much a part of um, being healthy for, for a lot of our lifetimes and till just really the last 20 years. It's true. If, um, if anyone wants to visit my Instagram page, I'm not pitching it, but at Natalia Rose Institute, um, I have a bunch of, if you scroll down, you'll see all of these, uh, it's like the history quotes from, from enemas and colonics used historically. So the Egyptians, um, the Greeks, even the Ibis bird gave itself enemas with its beak. Um, our grandparents, I know my grandmother and my own mother did the enemas. And in World War II, in the, in the hospitals, they were still giving enemas all the time. And they would use four, uh, four quart enemas and they would make you hold like the nurses. You go to the, you went to the hospital and, and, you know, for something. And, and the nurses, not only they give you a four quart enema, which you can imagine is really big. They'll make you hold that four quart enema uh, liquid of uh, the four quart uh, water container for 20 minutes before oh you can eliminate. God, that's ridiculous. I'm not suggesting anybody do that. I don't um, know. That would be painful. It's awful. But, but the point is that they knew that most things could be remediated through the waste elimination, same thing for babies. You know, there are those and there, there, those little baby enemas, those little blue bottles with the, the little yeah. uh, syringe for babies because most of their illnesses come from constipation, you know? And, and if the mother knows that and, the, and the, the baby's getting a fever and you think, well, wait a minute, you know, what was the diaper history over the last couple of days? Very easy to remedy that. You just, you know, so 
hopefully it's it's it is coming back into our vocabulary and people are less um um you know they're way way more aware of of them today and thankfully there are wonderful therapists around who are just dedicating their lives to helping people release their waste and get better through colon hydrotherapy um i actually created a home device which um is good for people once they've had a lot of um, professional colonics first, because so it's important to know what the water feels like and how it should move. But, um, but I wanted people to be empowered to actually have their own, to travel with, to not have to make an appointment, to, you know, to not have to worry about how, because they can be expensive as well. You know, you, you have, you know, between, they're usually between maybe $75 and $150, depending on where you live in the world. Like you know, maybe LA versus Nebraska colon therapy will be a different price. Um, but uh, um, you know, but doing a series, especially so. So when you ask me about um, cleansing, also it's it's a lifestyle. You know, I don't go on a cleanse. I I live a life that keeps my my temple clean because I don't want to. I want to live a mountaintop experience every day. I want to be connected to my higher self every day. I don't want to feel that you know that weight of dragging myself around. I remember what that felt like. It was awful. I was dragging my feet. I was depressed. My heart center was closed. Uh, all of the negative thoughts that came because you were in a in a competitive mindset, like a survival mindset. And when that leaves, you become. I love the the Rastafarian term, iry you just start to feel iry and things don't upset you like they, they would otherwise. Um, you know, <clears throat> I see sometimes athletes losing their temper and I'm like, you know, it, it, it's evidence that their, their, their center is blocked. They might be great athletes. They might have great physical prowess, but we, you don't act, act up like that when your center is clear that the nervous system runs right through the center of the intestine. So when the, when the intestine is blocked, you're not going to feel properly. You're going to feel numb, and then you're going to, you know, be depressed. And so, I challenge I challenge anyone who um, who struggles with their temper and highs and lows and uh, all, um, emotional turbulence to have this um, experience of releasing the waste matter. And, and it can be very slow. It can literally. It can. You don't have to fast. You can fast for periods in the day. And the problem with intermittent fasting is, again, it's become this trend. And it's not about the waste leaving the system. It's about the idea of intermittent fasting. So people are probably, you know, um, white knuckling it through the hours that they're, they're intermittent fasting. And they're not actually having a result at the end of the day. It's, um, you know, I look at marathon runners and, and, um, and very um, uh, focused weightlifting athletes. They, their faces look destroyed because they're eating all these very dense um, so-called power foods, energizing uh, substances, power bars, and uh, pre-workout fuel and all this stuff, but it's so acidic and it's eating away at them. Well, not to go in, in too many different directions, but it's, it's, all, um, it's all error. It's all misguided understanding. And, and why, why do we want to achieve those things? Why do we want to be a marathon runner to see how far we can go? But what's the price that we're paying if we're not, um, you know, um, taking care of the inside of our body, but because we can't see it, people tend to ignore the inside, but it's always reflected on the outside. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me. And, and are you um, mostly primarily uh, interested in doing like a water um, enema or colonic? Is that what it is? Not like so coffee or anything mm -hmm. like that? In the same way that one shouldn't get um, sort of confused or derailed by all the myriad options out there in the health world, well, don't get um, don't get caught up in these options. Pure water is great. In fact, I just when I my my machine, my home machine, it was it's, it's I call it the invention of the millennium. I just connected to the faucet, and I don't I'm not even bothered like if I'm using it in New York or Cape Town 
or Zimbabwe or wherever I am, I'm not thinking, well, you know, what's in this water? Is it okay? If it's, if it's um, a, a decent municipal system, it's fine because the, the real illness inside is the waste matter. Right. The water is just really constituted and it's going to leave. So, and also, you know, people are so fixated on, uh, we're, we're, we're taught to, you know, focus on consuming eight glasses of water every day. We don't need it this way. We need it the other way. It's the, you know, we talked about the, the dehydration, the Arizona desert. The intestine is like the Arizona desert. It's so dry. And people, the biggest question I'm, I'm always asked, so I may as well, if it's okay, I'll put it out there. People always say, well, what about the flora? Don't you, don't you rinse away the good flora? But the way to think about it is, imagine you have this landfill on top of a, a, a garden. It used to be a garden. Now it's a landfill. We need to get to the garden. We have to remove the landfill. This is the, the colonics and enemas working to remove the landfill before you even get to the garden where the, where the flora is. And once you've done that and the body's regenerated, your flora isn't delicate. People, they, you know, it's the idea of like, it being, it's robust. It has, um, it has roots. It's strong. And, and you'll know that you're getting somewhere when after a good portion of time cleansing, it could be a year into cleansing, truly removing all this waste, your body regenerating, you know, even though you're going to get so much better in the days and weeks um, beginning that year, when you get to the end of say a year, because it is a, it's a, it's a lifestyle, you will see that your movements are better than they ever were before. So people shouldn't be afraid of, um, of their bowel weakening. It will only strengthen, but we have to remove that which shouldn't be there. So that which is, is, is ready to perform for us can step forward. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of like, um, if you had, um, a pond that had all these natural organisms in it, but it was being, um, you know, there was like toxic water or toxic substances going in, it would, it would completely kill all the natural ecosystem. And if you take those, that toxicity off, then the natural ecosystem can flourish again. And Exactly. The same thing is, is that which our gut, it feels like too, is that's what you're saying. Yes. And that's why I don't bother with probiotics either. Um, and I think they're really a big waste of money. And I don't actually, sometimes I think they can have a negative effect um, because it's, it's, again, it's like putting something on top of something that shouldn't be there. Um, and some people will also say, well, I went for a colonoscopy and, um, and my, my colon tissue was pink. There was no, all this waste you're talking about, where is it? of course it's going to come up pink because the waste is deep in the layers of the intestinal tissue. So it's when you remove what's superficial and you take a picture of it, you'll get a pink colon for like 24 hours or, or maybe 12 hours, but you'll get a pink colon. And then uh, the beauty though of cleansing when it's consistent is that what happens when you have a vacuum, when you clean that, that colon out, the waste from within is going to get called into the center. A vacuum calls that which is deeper into it. So the consistency of eliminating the waste, the vacuum working to bring things to the waste center and then releasing and bringing it through, you get to the decade, the, the, those decades of waste matter. That's how we do it. We use the vacuum principle to, over the long term, remove all that waste. Because in the beginning, you're going to feel so much better, but you don't know how great you can feel until you keep going, until you, until you really pull that deep waste out of the tissue, because it's, it's, it's layered in there. You know, if we took our colon out of the body and, st and um, you know, stood it up next to us, it's taller than we are, or, or, or I should say our intestinal tract. It's taller than we are, and it's multi-layered. It's like, a, let's go back to the sponge. You, know, you look at a sponge, and you can't even count all the layers in the sponge. There's so many. 
Um, and you know, if you do, you got to really focus. So the, our, our tissue is the same way. The intestinal tissue is the same way. It's, it's so much space to be filled both with its length and with the, the, the width of its, of its walls. So if we can realize just how much waste can be stored there and remember that the body is, is um, it's, it's porous, it's all permeability. So when someone is uh, diagnosed, say, with Alzheimer's and the doctors will say, oh, you know, well, there's, um, there's protein on the brain, so you have Alzheimer's, and, but how and when it got there, we have no idea. What do you mean how and when it got there? We have no idea. You've been eating concentrated animal protein for your, your whole life. You don't think it's going to get to your brain. You think it's going to just, oh, it's all going to just be contained here in the gut. No, everything moves, which is also why, and this is one, one thing that I think is really important for people to realize. So I'm just going to sneak it in there. Um, the idea of, um, of antibiotics, they, they, they're anti-life and our life is a network. We are, we are um, a, a system of interconnecting threads. We're basically, we're an instrument, like a string instrument, if you want to think of it that way. Um, but if you have something that's anti-life, it's going to eat away at the integrity of those threads. And that's not beholden just to the body either. That's also going to have an impact on the mind. So I believe, if I could do my own you know, research study, I would love to, um, to prove that the, the more antibiotics a person has taken in their lifetime, the more inclined they are to have dementia and Alzheimer's and senility issues. So um, I think there's a direct correlation because again, we cannot forget that we are a blueprint, an inter interconnected network of life. That's, that's absolutely amazing. And wow, I think that's a great place to sort of start to tie up this interview. Um, it's just been so rich and I mean, I, I seriously, I could um, have you on all the time. You have so much to offer. And that's why I think that everyone listening should really um, take a look at um, Natalia's website and go to www.detoxtheworld.com. I'm definitely going to sign up for her March 19th course and want to um, just ask you, you know, just... To give one last tip to our audience, um, Natalia, about what, what you think is the most important thing. I mean, I think I've heard um, like what the most important thing is, but where is the place to, for everybody to start? Um, this is very powerful. Good. I want to go back to the Socratean adage, know thyself. By knowing ourselves, we know what our tastes are. We know what our limitations are. Embrace your limitations. They're cool. We can, you can make it work with your limitations. Know what uh, your lifestyle is. You know, are, are you a stay-at-home mom? Are you traveling a lot? Figure out how you can make this work. Um, create a system for yourself. The, 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 um, the concepts, the precepts, and the tenets of cleansing are the same for everyone in the sense that we awaken the, the waste and we release the waste, and that's what cleansing is. But how you apply it based on your likes, dislikes, uh, schedule, you know, the, the issues, your, whether you are, like to overeat, whether you eat too much on certain occasions, whether you love Italian food or you love Asian food, or you know, figure out what can make it sustainable for you. So know, know yourself and then make sure your needs are met, but they're met at a much higher level. I love that. And then just to um, go back one last time to the colonics, because I know that whole thing might be a little bit um, intimidating to people when they first hear about it. Um, do you recommend them going to a professional colonic center or do you recommend them picking up um, your home device and just following the instructions? And how often uh, should they be thinking about doing that as they're cleaning up their diet? Okay. Um, so I would say it's really a three part in a way. 
Um, the first thing I would do is have a professional colon hydro therapy session, at least one, and then go on your gut instinct in terms of how many to have. Go for your first one, have the experience. Um, I do, I have a, um, a directory on my website, colon hydrotherapy directory. If you go to resources on the website, I have to admit it's really outdated. So forgive me if that person isn't working there anymore and it's not there because we've um, neglected to keep it up to date, but it, by and large, it, you know, it should work and it's, it's global. So, um, we have listings all over the world. Um, so find somebody really, really good to go to and see them. So at least several times to get the, the full experience. Is there a certain kind of certification they should have? Um, it's not so much, they, they, they should be certified by like the, the Woods Institute. I really like because that's, um, the gravity method. You want to look for the gravity method, um, as a, as a concept as well. Um, okay. I wouldn't do, there's a lot of, um, a lot of sort of less ideal colonics like the uh, Angel of Water, the Dotello. There's a there's a whole bunch that I'm not a fan of. If you go for, if, in fact, you could even call the Wood School. The Wood School in um, in Kissimmee, Florida, is um, is where the the therapists that you know operate the way I, I prefer um, are trained, and and they probably have a, a good directory there too. I don't know for a fact, but um, but if you're looking, if you you ask for gravity method. Um, it's simple, clean gravity method, closed system. You don't want an open system. You want a closed system. Um, and, and then just go, like I said, go for your first one, have the experience of having this, these copious, this, this, this very prolific release of waste matter. And once you've had that experience, you'll be like, Oh, I get it. I really get it. And then you decide how often you want to go. When I first got into colon cleansing, when I, when I embarked on all of this, um, after my first child was born in 2000, I, um, I was so blown away by my first one and I was going once a month for colonics and having the most incredible results. Now, if it depends on the person's situation, if they are really suffering from um, acute or chronic health issues, then it would probably be better to go more frequently than that. You know, depending on how old you are, how much extra waste you're carrying, what your symptoms are, you know, some people will go once a week Others will just, you know, dip their toe in, go once a month and, you know, but then reflect and think, well, is it time for me to go once every three weeks, maybe once every two weeks? There's so much waste, you know, think in terms of like 12 as a starting point, 12 professional clinics. And then if you don't mind things getting a little bit messy, you can get a home enema kit. If you do that, um, the brand I recommend is the Cara, C-A-R-A, the Cara enema. Um, that's available widely at pretty much every drugstore. And, um, and then also if you can, if they have it, get the one that's called the fountain syringe, the Cara enema kit fountain syringe. I know syringe sounds really creepy. It's not actually a syringe. It's, it's just, um, it's the, the speculum on it. Um, and so I should say, it's not, not about the speculum. It's about the opening at the top. You don't have to close it up like a water bottle and then turn it over. It's it, the, the opening stays open. So you can keep adding the water. It's a lot easier to use. So the car enema fountain syringe, and um, and then if you know if you really get it and you feel like you want to be empowered to take it into your own hands and never have to make another appointment and you know and, and have it ready you know whenever you want it, then at that point you can look for the enlightener, which is what I call it, um, which is my home device, which is on my website. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Natalia, for being on the podcast. I mean, I personally have gained so much from this conversation. I'm excited to just um, sit with it and process it. And I know my listeners are so grateful too. Um, 
Just want to thank you for the work that you do for making this world a better place. And also want to say to our listeners, um, you know, be sure and check with your doctor. You know, it's always a good idea to um, make sure that your particular health plan, this is right for you, you know, and um, again, Natalia, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really, really appreciate your work. Well, it's such a joy. And I really appreciate your work too, Christine. Thank you so much for having me on and to everyone listening. Um, and and I'm, I'm here to support in any way I can. Thank you so much. And come back again. Listen to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff, and share this with your friends. Are you at a place in your life, perhaps journeying through transition or change, where you're asking yourself, what now? If you're ready to take a deep dive inwards and rediscover who you are now and embark on a new dream, join Christine and a group of like-minded women for a weekend of self-discovery and deep connection on the California coast for her transformational spring renewal, What Now? Retreat. You'll come away inspired, renewed, awakened, and finally ready to live your most vibrant life. Visit christinecarlson.com to learn more.